0: Hello, my name is Charles Colton, and welcome to Teaching for Mastery. Today, we're going to be talking about praise and motivation. So, in the world of learning, growth, parenting, and schooling, we eventually end up at the question of how and when to praise kids and adults, too. And it turns out that subtle changes in the way that we praise can have strong effects on a person's future motivation self-image, and approach to learning. A fascinating body of research by Dr. Carol Dweck sets the stage for today's episode on praise, motivation, and growth mindset. Imagine a classroom of preschoolers, and they're all drawing pictures. The teacher is moving around the group and offering praise. To one half of the group, she says, you are a good drawer And to the other half of the group, she says, you did a good job drawing. Just a subtle little change in the language between the two. One was a good drawer, and the other did a good job drawing. It turns out that after a few weeks, one of these groups lost motivation and stopped drawing, while the other continued drawing with pleasure. So which group do you think stopped and which one continued? Was it the group that was told they were a good drawer or the group that was told they did a good job drawing? Perhaps surprisingly, or maybe not, the group that continued was the one that was told they did a good job drawing. The group that was told that they were a good drawer simply quit. This research finding was reproduced. Many times, there's a lot of research on praise out there. There are meta-studies in which, for example, scholars from Reed College and Stanford University reviewed over 150 different praise studies. And their analysis determined that praise students, the ones that were just told that they were good, they eventually became risk-averse, and they lacked perceived autonomy. They found that there were correlations between the liberal use of praise and students sticking to a task for a shorter period of time, or checking in with the teacher to make sure that they were looking and notice them, or that they would inflect their speech with answers to give an intonation of a question by lilting up at the end, like that. This went all the way through college. Another thing that is very important about praise. And before we get deeper into Carol Dweck's work is some work by a New York University professor of psychiatry named Judith Brooke. And she looks at the question of credibility because the praise is important, but it has to be authentic praise. If the child thinks that you're praising them for something that isn't really praiseworthy, or if you're praising them all the time, they will lose interest in it or just not believe it. So let's go back to this research with the preschoolers and the drawing, and some of them quit. What was going on there? Why did some continue and others quit? And how could such a subtle change in the way that we talk to kids have such a profound impact on their motivation to continue practicing or not? The current belief about this stems from the fact that kids want to please, they want to please their teachers. Their parents, their role models, eventually their peers. So, if they receive this praise for something specific, they will continue to do that thing. So, by praising the job they did, the effort they made, or the concentration and focus that they exhibited, then they will go on to want to put in that work, that effort or concentration in order to get the praise. In contrast, if we praise the end product, in this case, the drawing, thereby identifying them, their identity, as good or accomplished or smart, and only associated with the finished drawing. They may stop because they don't want to ever risk being not good if the drawing isn't as good as the last one. Or they may figure, well, I've already done that and I'm good, so why bother continuing? But remember, if we praise the effort, the process, or the focus that they have, the concentration, then they're getting reward for practicing the drawing or they're getting rewarded for the quality of the mindset they have when they are drawing. They will seek the praise and they'll get it for sticking with it. And this word, mindset, is central to the way that Dr. Dweck articulated the difference between these two groups. The group that continued was considered to have a growth mindset, whereas the group that quit was considered to have a fixed mindset. As Dweck went on to study other groups of learners from preschool all the way through adults, she found that the way that we praise, starting at a very young age, can impact whether or not that they think that their intelligence, their smarts, is fixed or if it's malleable. If it's fixed, static, genetic, Etc., then why bother trying to learn more? For example, a kid says, I'm just not good at math. And this demotivates them from practicing math because they're just not good at it. Their intelligence is fixed, their mindset around this skill is already determined. However, if they have a growth mindset, they will believe that through effort, focus, concentration, and practice, they can improve over time. Their intelligence is malleable. Now, this brings us back to praise because they are seeking that little endorphin dump they get when we tell them they did a good job, that we're proud of them for trying so hard, for continuing even when it was difficult, for the way that they practiced. If we praise them for the process, for the effort, they will come to believe that hard work and effort lead to getting better at math, swimming, science, reading, handwriting, and ultimately, anything. It's important to notice that people may enter our classroom with a growth mindset about one thing, like mathematics, but a fixed mindset about another thing, like playing soccer or football. So we want to resist the temptation to label a learner as one or another of these mindsets, as if this was their complete approach to life, or rather we can think of it as their relationship with a particular subject or skill set. Basically, we'll get a better picture of what kind of a learner they are in different domains in their life. But the bottom line is this. If we praise the effort, they're more likely continue to putting in the effort. And this will lead to growth, learning, and change over time. In a way, you're using language to sculpt the architecture of their mindset. So what are some ways that you can craft the way that you give praise to encourage a growth mindset with your students? What kinds of language are you already using? What kinds of language does the school culture reinforce? So please take a little time, get into your triads or small groups, and think about some of the kids in your class. Do they have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset about your subject, whether it be reading, writing, mathematics, sports? Then come up with a plan that you can use this week to inspire their effort their ongoing practice, their concentration, their focus, or anything else about the process of learning? How can we praise the process rather than the product so that they will develop a growth mindset and continue the practice of becoming and being a lifelong learner in the subject that you teach? Now, if you're interested in the primary sources and the research papers, you can find them down below in the links where you got this podcast. Thanks again for listening.